This is DWS with J Rod here, deleted rest right on podcast. Apologize to all the listeners out there. Please, I'm apologizing because I'm sorry I haven't posted anything for the last two weeks. Uh, it was a very me. Uh, two weeks ago, I basically got so sidetracked with other things and I got distracted. Um, as you know, I've been trying to keep up what's been going on in the world of pro wrestling. Last week, I had no goddamn internet, so I, my internet was down. So, I mean. What itch that was for me. I, I couldn't even do shit that much. I could, I could barely watch many of the wrestling shows on my damn phone. You know, but it was crazy. Normally I use everything on a tablet. <coughs> but now I'm back and I want to get into certain topics that I want to make up for. Others are becoming more interesting than you know. Now, first things first, let's talk about Jay Briscoe. As you all know, this story has been going around for quite some time. The wrestling world was shocked with the sudden passing of of J, uh, Jamin Pug, also known as Jay Briscoe. <coughs> um, not too uh, about a hold on. Let me pull out the date when he passed away. Um, I'm sure it wasn't that long. <sighs> yeah, he uh, passed on the 17th of. January, that was um, very shocking, but here's the most craziest part. Jay died a day before his brother uh, had his birthday. He turned 38 that time, but today is uh, January 25th. Today would have been Jay Briscoe's 39th birthday. He would have, but this is what the details I've been hearing about recently. What's been going on is Jay Briscoe was in, a car, in his truck with his daughters. Uh, luckily, Mark wasn't there. Uh, neither was his wife. But his daughters, uh, 12-year-old Gracie and 9-year-old Jay Lee, were, were right there. Another car uh, f- by someone named Lillian Tin Lehan, if I can pronounce it right. Somehow, their trucks collided with each other and killing both of them instantly. But as for his daughters... Um, Gracie had a back problem, and Jaylene is having a hard time trying to with something else. You know, she could uh, she had to use one of those tubes to feed. You know, she couldn't eat solid food. But great news is that his daughter is really getting better. She's getting feeling in her feet and her legs. So in no time, they she'll be able to walk. I know that a lot of prayers were sent to his family, especially to Mark, who I know deep down he's hurting. Losing his brother. I mean, I would have been in that same position with him if it was my brother. So it was so sad. I mean, the wrestling world really, really, really was hurt. Especially those who knew him personally. I mean, a lot of the great things I learned about Jay Briscoe is that only he does, as soon as he's finished with his matches, he does everything in his power to go home to be with his wife and kids. I, I was amazed about Jay, how how he helps his daughter with um, one of his daughters who's in cheerleading competition and he helps her out. And I'm like, wow, that is a good father right there. You know, not a lot of fathers could do that for their kids. And I think that's what makes him special. I think Jay is the kind of guy who reminds you that it reminds all those wrestlers who have families that family is more important. And, and it's true. You know, it, it matters to, to everything. And I think a lot of people are going to miss that. You know, that kind of person that Jay really is. And I think he was something special. A lot of people know that. And I think it was 
so incredible. And I, I and I hear that ROH uh, did a tribute show <coughs> um, last week. Um, don't remember what day it was. I think it was. Um, let me pull up my calendar. I know I. They did an ROH show last week, I believe, on the 18th January, right after Rampage, where they had a last calls to rescue Jay and and try to do like a somewhat of a tribute show. But that will be released on a U on YouTube today. So <coughs> I'm looking forward to that. But one thing that really, really is sad is. One thing that I, I, I mean I, right now is this is one thing that really is interesting. A lot of people, when they hear things like that, they want to put the blame on someone who they lost, who they love. And many fans are putting the finger on the family of the other driver. <coughs> but what makes me so amazed, the Pug family, Jay Briscoe's family, are telling the social media to stop harassing the family of the other driver. And there's a reason why. People are acting like putting the blame on the on the family of, of that driver who hit Jay's car is going to bring him back from the dead. I mean, wake up, people. If you hate the, that family, it's not going to bring Jay Briscoe back. What's that? Look, see me movies. I play video... <laughs> <coughs> many video games involving where they think killing the bad guy is going to bring someone back from the dead. It won't. It's done. All we need to do now is pray for the families. These state police are looking in loud if this is have to do with alcohol. That is, of course, one of the assumptions that we can, we can try to figure out. If that it will pick up at some point until something concrete comes up. But at this point, let's just pray for the for Jay's family, but also tell the people you love, your friends, your family, that you love them. Because you may never know when it will be the last time you see them. And I've been in that position too, like a couple years back. One of my co-workers who's like a good person, a real good friend to talk to, Every time I see this guy, he normally asks me how was how was the we see each other again, and I tell him everything's fine, you know, and we always say goodbye. We'll see you next time. But one day I was working Comic Con and he had to leave early because he wasn't feeling too well. He passed away. It turns out that his diabetes there was a le uh, some sort of bleeding on his left foot that caused him to pass away. And, and what makes me sad, I never got the chance to say goodbye to him. He was like. A really good person and this is what's gonna freak you guys out I w if you guys know this I work security mostly at the convention center and one day roving around the halls while there the entire convention is being um, set up for the next event I thought I saw his ghost and he just waved at me and I'm like I closed my eyes thinking am I seeing what I'm seeing and I had to tell people about it, it turns out that it's not the first time ghosts have appeared down in that place, whoever dies. I'm like, that's crazy. But I think we all need to understand what I'm saying is, I know it sucks we never got to say goodbye to the people we love. I mean, I never got to say goodbye to my grandmother. But we are there for those who are close to us right now, our friends and family. All we can do is say we love them no matter what. So rest in peace, San Diego.
So what happened is my brother bought some tickets. Uh, we went to see AEW. I'm like so amazed. The trip was great, but we got there. I didn't know what to expect because uh, my brother had to. T I was like, what the fuck? And it says, sister daddy ass. <laughs> because we weren't sure what pe he was like worried what people would say if they see him on that with that shirt in the streets. I said he had to do that, but like getting <coughs> into that thing that Matt Hardy does, you know, what he does with the Hardy Boys. I thought it was so hilarious. I thought it was great. I love every match that took place. All that. But I, I'm going to have to t go on, up ahead on this one because there's something that happened during the Rampage tapings. Now, if you guys have been aware, only Dark and Rampage are taped. Basically, they don't... Um, uh, of course, Dark Elevation is released on a Monday on YouTube. Rampage gets broadcast on a Friday. There was a moment where we saw this, like uh, some sort of ceremony by the Acclaim. And Max Caster, oh my god. He fucked up his rap lines. I did not expect this for them. People are like going, you fucked up. You fucked up. And of course, they had to do it again. I'm like... <laughs> I thought it was insane. I think it was pretty interesting. I loved it. Oh, man. I have to say the AEW um, experience in L.A. is pretty awesome. I'm not sure if they will ever come to San Diego, but, of course, there's speculations that many of the talent in AEW, they say they want to do house shows. I mean, they could do a house show here in San Diego. I wouldn't mind seeing that because it's not going to be taped or anything, but we'll see what happens in the future for AEW. Um... But everything else was great. I loved it. So if you guys ever go to see it. But also great news here. Uh, Ring of Honor will be in in L.A. on the 31st for Super Card of Honor. Which is going to be uh, at another location, another venue. I just don't remember where. But yes. So check that out. Now moving on to the next topic. Let's talk about Waka Tsukiyama. Her last matches. that she, that one of her Three of the matches that kind of was pretty impressive to me recently as you know waka has until the end of march to pick up some results or else she is out of the cosmic angels one match took place uh late earlier this month earlier this month um i think it was on the 8th of january it was part of the triangle derby um tournament and um it was also in Anjo City, which is in the Aichi Pre uh, Prefecture, which is the hometown of none other than the leader of the Cosmic Angels, Tam Nakano. It was like a showdown between friends and allies between each other. You know, on the Lollipop side, we had Waka, Rina Mikura, and Yuko Sakurai taking on Saki, who's also the leader of the colors, uh, Natsupoi, and... Um, and Tam Nakano, Mina Shirakawa was there, but she was acting up like the the second in the in the of uh, outside. Man, that emotional moment between Tam and Waka was so. Tam feels terrible for giving this ultimatum to Waka. And Waka knows what she has to do, and it's really hurting. And before this has never happened to Tam before to do an ultimatum as a leader. And because she was being called into question by that thug, Ram Kaicho. This was all her fault because she acts like she knows how to manipulate people. 
And she did. But unfortunately, Tam put it through the violet screwdriver, and it was like a very emotional moment. I think it was pretty good. But what makes it interesting is all six individuals um, all came from the same promotion together. They're the, they're outsiders. Um, they were not even part of the Stardom Dojo system. They all came from the same promotion, Atlas Girls. It's I didn't even notice until I realized it. I'm like, holy shit. Tam, Natsupoi, Saki, Waka, Yuko, Rina, they all came from at-risk girls. It's insane. The at-risk girls are in the house. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even notice that. But it was a good match. But her next one was against Nanane Takahashi from, uh, from the Neo Stardom Army. Now, Nanane Takahashi, as you know, she and the rest of her army has criticized Rossi Ogawa how they've been treating, how things have changed during stardom. Walker, on the other hand, called, uh, came out asking for pat, uh, uh, patch injection. Nanane gave her that match, and I have to say it was a pretty good one. I, I, I mean, Walker really put up a good fight in this one where she really put out all the passion that she has. But Nanane kind of was, ama it was saying you can't win it your own that Tam actually told her and I think Waka is starting to realize that she's right she has to figure it out and she but Nanane was in fact amazed how colors and cosmic angels are by her side at this time because Waka only has two months to go until if she cannot pick up a result but this is where it gets interesting Waka asked for another match with her, but this time it's going to be at the New Blood premiere, which is going to be in Yokohama on March 25th. And of course, this will be the critical point. If Waka doesn't pick up this win against Nanane, then you know what that means. She's out of the Cosmic Angels. So right now, Waka's trying to do what she can to not only just enjoy her last remaining time she has with the Cosmic Angels, but tried to put a lot of effort to it. But however, that does not end. The following day, she was involved in a 10-person Julius Ted, uh, Gauntlet match. <coughs> we had She had to face 10 individuals in three minutes in a, in a three-minute time limit draw. And I have to say, it was incredible that Waka stood this long with Julia. Three minutes. Now, you probably thought in your mind, Julia's going to kill her, but it didn't last that long. She even kicked out of the Glamour's driver. I'm like, holy shit. I don't know if that's ever happened before, but... You're, you were fighting just like Tam. Because Tam is her mentor. And she told her, did you know that she crawled up from the bottom? So basically, she's praising her, saying that, you know, you're you're getting there, but you just need to hurry up to get that win that you need. So I think right now, it's like, it's only a matter of time until Waka finally gets that win that she needs to in order to stay with the Cosmic Angels. I know some fans are saying she's not a f good fit. I don't think it matters because the way I see it to me, Waka's like the little sister. Now, 
I know some of you could probably say, but isn't it not Supoy younger than her? Yes, but it, I'm talking about like the wrestling skill wise. Now Supoy has a lot better experience than her. You know, uh, I think seven, eight years of experience. <coughs> but, um, but that's how it is. So all we can do is wait and see what happens when we get there until Waka gets her first win and we all can be happy. So let's just wait and see what happens until the next uh, two months. Now, more things have gone on in the world of WWE. As you know, Vince McMahon is back. But however, this is where it gets interesting. I know some of you are going to be critical about this. I know some of you are like, oh, shit. You know, you're not going to like it. I get it. I don't like it either because it's really, really fucked up. And I don't blame anybody. I just feel like, Jesus, this is going to be like suck monkey balls in my opinion. But one thing that's going on is Vince saying that he wants to make a few suggestions in changes in WWE. The only reason he's doing that is because right now, ever since he was forced to retire, he's seen the success of WWE without him. I'm like, dude, maybe the reason it's succeeding is because the entire Dark Cloud was gone and now it's back. A lot of wrestlers are nervous because of him. But Triple H is the one who makes the final say. But <coughs> that doesn't end there. It turns out another allegation comes around. And they settled this one with a settlement with millions of dollars. And this is what's that saying that Vince McMahon raped the wife of a referee from the 1980s. I'm like, oh, shit. And now he's being sued by two people within the stockholder about uh, uh, stocks that uh, about this whole thing with Vince. I get it. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. Vince is bringing drama and drama and drama everywhere he fucking goes. I mean, can we all say, can he just stay retired? Let just enjoy your last few years of what you got left. Let WWE be successful. But no, he had to be critical because he decides, I'm going to sell the company. If I can't have WWE, I'm going to sell it. But that's how it's been going on with him. But we will wait and see what happens because the sell hasn't gone through yet. It's going to take a couple of months until it happens. So let's just wait and see. Now. We just had our final goodbye, the final bye-bye of the Great Muda. He teams up with Sting, Darby Allen to take on Naomichi Marifuji, Akira, and Akushi. This match was so effing brutal. I'm like... I did not anticipate a whole lot in this match, to be honest with you. But it was good. I have to say, I give props however this match was playing out. And then I, I did learn that um, <coughs> it appears Darby Allen had made a good impression with the fans. I'm like, hmm, it's pretty good. I wouldn't be surprised if he decides I'm gonna go that he's going to go to the Pro Wrestling Noah to make appearances. I mean, it would make absolute sense. Now... I'm not saying this for saying. You see, the Japanese wrestling scene is a little difficult to, how to say. You have to put, a, you have to, how do you say, have to give a good impression to the fan base if they're going to love you or not. 
And I think that's one of the things that makes it so great. But, however, Muda, it was a pretty good match. I wasn't sure, to be honest with you, how this match was going to end. The reason I say this is because it was so intense. But what I did like is how Sting put uh, Hakushi in a Stinger death, lock, uh, Stinger, uh, death drop. And then Darby pulled off the coffin drop. And then after that, we see <coughs> the Shining Wizard by Muda. One, two, three is over. But it doesn't end there. Hakushi will be now haunted knowing he will never beat the Green Muda. He put his name in a piece of wood marking his grave. So basically the ghost has lost to the demon. So it was great. But one thing I like is, <coughs> of course, Muda left in a wheelchair all the way to the underworld. But of course, Darby Allen pushed him. And of course, he, Muda says, you're my young boy for today. <laughs> I thought that was so great. But it was fun. I have to say, I would love to see Darby Allen do more things in pro wrestling. Now, I'm sure that Tony Khan and probably Snow can do a working agreement, you know, because I know they want to have their... They still have a partnership with pro, with New Japan Pro Wrestling. But we'll see what happens then. Because I know Tony Khan, he's willing to work with anybody. It doesn't matter what promotion. So we'll see. Now, our final topic is also related to Pro Wrestling Noah. Now, if you guys may have heard, we're having Yoshi wrestlers involved for the first time. Now, my initial thought... Hold on a second, folks. I got phone call. Bueno. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 I won't. Bye. Okay. Sorry about that. Now... As I mentioned before, Pro Wrestling Noah has uh, now been having Yoshi wrestlers in their promotion. Now, there was a bit of a uh, produced show made by Tokyo Gunthurian, which is a a promotion that was run by Rasa uh, Nosawa Rangai. Um, he had wrestlers like Rina Yamashita, Miyuki Takase, um, Surumi Natsu. For, I don't remember who was the other person. I wouldn't be surprised if it was... Um, Mayu, yeah, and Mayu Hiki, all four members of the Nomads. But that wasn't like the bigger match. This was in Cork and Hall, to be honest with you. But, uh, but one thing, um, I just, I, I, but I feel like the biggest one for Pro Wrestling Noah to have Yoshi Rolls, the Yoshi wrestlers, is during the, the Great Muda final bye bye. And they had wrestlers like Sato Inoue, Jungle Kiona. Um, Mayu Hiki and Surimi Natsu. This was a good match. Now, not to criticize how the match went with uh, with the Wrestle Kingdom, but it was a pretty good one. It went longer than expected. Now, am I uh, surprised about it? No. But it was a good one. Not gonna lie. Um, one thing it was amazing is how we see like a bit of a rekindle feud between Sarumi Natsu and Jungle Kiona. If you guys remember, Jungle Kiona was part of the Jungle Assault Nation. Sarumi Natsu was involved with Odotai back in the day, and it was great. I have to say it was some great moment uh, to see that. So, 
I wasn't sure too much, but it was great. Um, the match ended um, with Jungle Kiona doing the Jungle Buster onto Suremi Natsu and winning the match. I have to say, it was a good one. But that doesn't end there. This is where things got interesting for me, and this is where um, people were talking all over social media about this. So, uh, hold on, let me pull up my notes real quick because I have them. Okay, here we go. Okay, so here's what's going on. During the post-match comments, Jung Kiona appealed or pitched an idea saying, if New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to have the IWGP Women's Championship, why not a GHC Women's Championship? Now, those who are familiarized, if you remember the acronyms of IWGP, it stands for International Wrestling Grand Prix. However, the GHC stands for Global Honored Crown. Now, the re... Joan Kiona has so much respect for Kyrie, and we I can I understand that. But with the moment she said that, you can see in the look of, of Mayu Hiki, Saruya Inoue, and Suriminatsu, they're down with it. I'm like, holy shit. Now, I know there's a lot of variables about this. Some of you who know, Pro Wrestling Noah was purchased by Cyberfight, and they own um, DDT, Tokyo Shoe Pro Wrestling, Gambari Pro. You probably say, but can they use... Um, the Tokyo Yoshi Pro Wrestlers. I mean, they could use it, but Shajiro Tagagi felt that Tokyo Yoshi Pro Wrestling is a different entity away from what Stardom are doing, what other promotions are doing. And frankly, I agree with him. You know, it feels different. I mean, you can have matches within your own time, but all these wrestlers that they, Yoshi wrestlers that they brought, they're all freelancers. And I feel that is a good source for them to have Yoshi wrestlers. I mean, a lot of wrestlers it, it would rather be freelancers than work in a <coughs> in a specific um, company. I mean, I see many uh, freelance wrestlers wherever they go. You know, um, like recently we're seeing Unagi, who's been making a buzz throughout the throughout uh, the Yoshi wrestling world as um, a freelancer. And as you all know, you may have heard. Unagi Sayaka is coming to town to to the U.S. in May. I'll get to that at some other point. I will make that as part of the next episode. But it was great to, to see that. And I say, yes, new Pro Wrestling Noah, make it happen. You know you can do it. So if I was someone who would say, who could be the first GHC Women's Champion? I would say right now for me, it has to be Jungle Kiona. I mean, look, <coughs> she's killing it here in the States. Since she went freelancing, she's been killing it in every promotion she's been in. Deadlock Pro Wrestling, Black Label Pro, uh, JCW, Garden State, and she just also made her appearance at AEW. I mean, she could freaking kill it anywhere in the fucking world. That's what I think. I feel like maybe John Kiona, this is her idea, she should be the one in the top of discussion saying, we want her in. Now, I know some of you are saying, but it doesn't make her a stardom girl. True, but that's a different entity right there. She's on her own. She's no longer with the promotion. Because uh, I remember she mentioned she might have burned some bridges with the company because of her time she's been away. But we'll just wait and see what happens. I'm so excited for that because I don't know when will that happen. I want to see it happen. So we'll just wait and see and move forward from that. So I uh, hope I can just hear, make another episode for you guys next week. Uh, there'll be some good topics to discuss in the world of pro wrestling. 
But for now, I will see you guys the next time. So I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye. And have a nice day. Bang!